0: Charles Spurgeon has a quote. Visit many good books, but live in the Bible. We can't recommend this quote enough. Scripture is wonderful and
1: beautiful on its own. It's the book you need. But other authors can give insight into spiritual ideas and give us reason for deeper meditation.
0: Let's get those Amazon wish lists filled up with some good spiritual books. Welcome to the Pilgrim Zone. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of The Pilgrim Song. I'm Alexander. And I'm Charlie. And we're your two favorite interracial friends talking about Jesus. We hope y'all are having a blessed week. And today we're going to be doing a fun little podcast about books that we want you to recommend, or we want to recommend to you to read, We think these are books that are important for Christians to read, um, and, you know, of course, we're not talking about the Bible itself. Yeah. That's the obviously, most critical. <laughs>
1: yeah, the Bible is obviously the most important for collection sure. of books for that sure. exists, but sometimes it's nice to read other good books. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's a hobby that I know a lot of people enjoy. Whether you like read books uh, consistently or every once in a while. Maybe you listen to audiobooks. That's something that's become a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, like I gonna said, we're just going to recommend some of our favorite ones uh, that you know maybe we think would be a good idea for you to read. Uh, if you've read them already, let us know what you think. If you if there's others that aren't on this list that you've read that you really like, let us know that as well. Uh, if you all enjoy this, maybe we could do like another podcasts where instead of books we do like shows and movies i don't know Mm -hmm. we'll see um but yeah let's just go ahead and dive right into it all right alexander if you could pick one book what would it be
0: oh one book man (laughs) uh well we we've talked about our love for c.s lewis a bit on this podcast so that's default where i would go uh so there's a lot we I did a podcast on Mere Christianity without Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. He's really he was really upset with me about that. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll we'll do a part two and Charlie can do it. But Thanks. um Charlie's take on Yeah, yeah. Mere Christianity. So mere Christianity is phenomenal. But the one that is probably closest to my heart was C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters for sure? Uh, when I was a young, a young lad, any book my dad handed to me was pretty much a book I was not going to read. Uh, <laughs> and I remember my dad gave me that book, and I didn't read it. I wasn't really invested, all that stuff. And then I went and saw a guy do a monologue of the Screw Tape Letters, and he did the whole thing, and it, I was like, "Whoa!" So I went and read it. Screw Tape Letters is incredible. It takes if you don't know. It takes the perspective C.S. writes from the perspective of Uncle Screwtape writing to his nephew, Wormwood. It's funny. I don't know if I've
1: ever heard somebody refer to him as Uncle Screwtape, but it You're right. Oh, Uncle Screwtape. (laughs) Was this your first C.S. Lewis book you ever read? I think it was. Same. That's funny. Do you remember how old you were? 17? Yeah, I was probably about the same age. I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, Twins, cut from the same cloth. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> I was at that
0: screening, no, I was, not, I was not there. But yeah, so it's it's this demon who's writing to his nephew about, you know, you need to tempt this guy. And as you it's just so interesting to see kind of a different perspective. We yep. never virtually maybe outside of the first couple of chapters of Job, we never really see like Satan's perspective yep. of the world. So, you know, he's not an inspired writer, but it's cool to kind of see it from a different perspective. And C.S. Lewis also throws in a lot of interesting imagery that's been crazy studied. Like, you had there, I study a lot of Bible commentaries. There are literally commentaries on not only mere Christianity, but like on screw yep. up letters, people diving into the imagery, the type of language he uses. And it's also really good to help you understand some of your own temptations. I remember one specifically where he talked about coming to church and the distractions yep. were the bad hymns yep. and people wearing like bad clothing and uh, you know, everything you're Right. Yeah. Everything yeah. kind of gets in your way and distracts you and seeing that as, you know, kind of seeing how a tempter would use that uh, in that way. So it's, it is a great book. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, it's not, it's not a too terribly difficult read. Um So yeah. And, I I also listen to Audible quite a bit. So if you if you get that membership, you get that yep. free credit every month. You can get some nice books off of that. Screwtape's
1: so. a good one. The guy that it's the one that I have. The guy narrates. It's like the real deep voice British dude. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I'm sure people know his name. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't. But yeah, no, it's a fantastic book. That was also the first uh, C.S. Lewis book I had also ever read. We read it in high school as well. It's probably about the same age. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's one that you read over and over again, and you you pick up. Uh, whether a story you didn't quite understand, uh, the first time you read through it or just something that you missed altogether or little fine details here and there, but no, like, like you said, it's great. Cause it gives you a completely opposite perspective because mm-hmm. it references Satan as like the father below our father below. Yes. Super weird. I remember thinking that I, I felt kind of like slimy when I would read that. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. is that something I should be reading? I was like, should I be saying that? But no, it was a fantastic book for sure. Um, yeah, I have on here basically any C.S. Lewis book. <laughs> They're all great. I have. I originally challenged myself to to have read every C.S. Lewis book he wrote. By the time I finished school, sadly, it's not looking like that was going to be in the cards. me. I've gotten a pretty good bit through. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to get them all. Um, shout out to my wife Anna for my birthday one year. She actually did get me every single book he wrote. Wow. So I have the complete C.S. Lewis collection with even some commentaries as well um but yeah i pretty much love all of his writing um one that i would recommend if you've never read his stuff before like the old school classic chronicles of narnia Mm. um if you've seen the movies and you haven't read the book i apologize (laughs) hopefully that doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth the book's very different um for you that again don't know it just follows the story of uh, a bunch of kids from our world that get transported into Narnia, well, Narnia is, I guess, a country in this other world Mm -hmm. um, where they get to do a bunch of cool stuff. Don't want to give any spoilers if you haven't read it, Um, but yeah, fantastic book. Um, Aslan is Jesus. Also has some really cool what what Aslan is Jesus. Aslan is Jesus. Wow, big the ultimate spoiler. Sorry, whoops. Um, Yeah, as about to say has a lot. I was going to say has a lot of religious undertones, and I was going to can just come right out and spoil the whole thing. Um, nah. <laughs> um, but no yeah it's that's a really good one too if you want your kids to get interested in reading something uh, it's a great one and opens good conversations you can have with them about you know the sacrifice that takes place may or may not take place I don't know read it for yourself I right know <laughs> um, different things like that it's a good one um, have you ever read have you ever read Chronicles of Narnia? yeah okay yeah. that's a good one uh, my personal favorite C.S. Lewis book at the moment And this will probably change, but right now is The Great Divorce. It's another really good one. Uh, It was the second C.S. Lewis book I read. uh, And there was a preacher at the time uh, named Josh Carter. Shout out to Josh, who was like, oh, you really like Screw Tape? You should read The Great Divorce. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, why not? I'll give it a check out. And it's a great, great book. Uh, And without giving too much away, basically it's about – uh, a man's journey through the afterlife. And that's really all I'll say. I'll leave it up to you. Um, but the imagery he uses and the the way he tells the story uh, and what he goes into like shirt sure, is the way he describes the afterlife probably accurate. No, but I don't yeah. think it's necessarily trying to be. There's a complete deep underlying meaning behind the book altogether. Mm-hmm. And when you finally realize what it is and it clicks with you and you understand kind of what the book is trying to get at, it's a really, really cool way of illustrating that idea, it's like a parable, basically <laughs> a story that conveys this much, much deeper message. Fantastic book. It's a pretty good read. It's a ca- or not like good as in like difficult. It's a good casual read. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, a good story.
0: Yeah, uh, The Great Divorce is definitely just C.S. Lewis's mind is so brilliant and so creative. So thankful for his writing. Uh, the Great Divorce kind of it helps me see the disaster of hell really is the constant pursuit of our ourselves and the broken, uh, brokenness of our hearts and heaven is the true fulfillment. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah, definitely, definitely read it. (laughs) Favorite
1: C.S. Lewis quote comes from that book. Mm -hmm. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Just talking about the, the idea of afterlife and what it all means and the pain of the pain of life and what it can lead to. It's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, obviously there's other ones like mere Christianity, which you obviously spent a big, a whole podcast on. It's a great book. Um, the Argate radio program that they wrote <laughs> into a book. Uh, you have The Abolition of Man, uh, not for the faint of heart. That's a that's a that's a thick boy. Uh the first time I remember I had not read it, and I was gonna try to do it as an audiobook. Yes. And I was like, I can do this because I was like, Mere Christianity was a great audiobook. No, no, no. no. Zero out of ten <laughs> would not recommend abolition of man <laughs> as an if you can do it. Maybe like if you read it through, I've never tried to actually listen to it. And now that I've read it, maybe I could handle it, but no, having zero exposure to that. It's just, we're going, we're off to the races, man. Chapter one, first sentence, we're woo. Yeah. Hit (laughs) you hard. Um, I could not, I don't have the ability to focus that hard um, in an audio book, but no, it's it's also a fantastic commentary on life Mm. (laughs) is what I'll call that one. Um, But no, it's really good. Um, have you any
0: other CS books that you've read or enjoyed? Uh, yes, I recently finished Weight of Glory for the first. Yeah, time Yeah, that's and, a good one. Really like that one. Uh I, I just to in it. I didn't even know going into it, it was just kind of a bunch of CS essays. Yeah. But so, like, having those separate kind of sermons and yep. stuff like that, just kind of getting into his brain a little bit, so cool. Uh Highly recommend Weight of Glory. Really good stuff. Yep.
1: Oh, it's really good. Um there's the space trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh that's a deep cut C.S. Lewis book. Uh it's uh, it's actually his first books he ever wrote. Well, the first book he ever wrote was the first part of the space trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh out of the Silent Planet. Uh I had another friend that recommended those to me and was like, "You're not a true C.S. Lewis fan unless you've read the space trilogy." Shout out to Ben Holloway. And I was like, "You know what? Game on. I'm going <laughs> to read the space trilogy." So I did. And it was really good. Um I got like really at that point I got like really into the history of CS's life and like how he got into writing and all that stuff. So it kind of took me into like some cool places, just understanding him as a person and getting into and, and into writing and books and his friendship that he had with Gerald Tolkien and and a few other Christian writers at the time. Um, but yeah, uh, he wrote um, the the Space Trilogy is what I'll call it. it's a three part series, um, super good. Follows the story of a guy dealing with some extraterrestrial things that are happening again without giving too terribly much away Um again deep religious tones behind the books and the way that he writes them Uh they get pretty deep at times but they're they're really cool Uh and the ways that he tells some very gets across some very complex ideas through some very good storytelling I really appreciate that like I feel like if I was listening to Jesus teach, my favorite part of his teachings would be his parables. Yeah. yeah. Just because this is Jesus' way of taking these super complex ideas and making them into like simple, relatable stories. Mm-hmm. That's why I like C.S. Lewis writing so much, is because he takes these really complex ideas, like the afterlife, and he makes them understandable through a through a really good story yeah. with a person that you actually like have some kind of care for. Yeah. Him, so
0: a little bit of a sidebar, but I kind of think that's where Christian movies struggle. Is they, yeah. they don't have any subtlety to them. It's just like, <laughs> boom, right in your face. Surprise, it's Jesus. <laughs> and maybe if they took more of a hint from the parables of Jesus yeah. and explaining them that way, I think that that could deliver some much better sure. stories. But that's a, that's way out there. We could talk about that some other time. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I mean, the list goes on. Any of C.S.'s books are fantastic. Um, but this is not just a podcast on C.S. Lewis. Um, we want to get into some other cool books and other things that you could also read as well. Uh, and we will get into that when we come back.
0: So as we mentioned, this is not a C.S. Lewis podcast, even though we probably could do an entire one on any number of his books. But there are plenty of others out there in the realm of uh, any sort of secular reading that perhaps will give some secular undertones, maybe undergird you, and as I mentioned in the in the as I mentioned in the introduction, perhaps will help you with meditation. So, we just finished a podcast very recently on sorcery, in which we talked about Harry Potter, we talked about people who burned Harry Potter and all of that, but towards the end, I mentioned that Harry Potter, naturally the author J.K. Rowling, she is self-professed as a Christian. She didn't reveal that until after the seventh book, so that she wouldn't spoil what was going to happen with Harry as he, spoilers, dies and resurrects to defeat evil.
1: Go ahead and skip to the end, man. Why don't you? Why even read
0: Harry Potter? If you haven't read it by this point, it's your fault, I guess. (laughs) I haven't read Harry Potter. (laughs) Okay. Well, sorry, Charlie. Uh, Uh, It's okay. I'm not going to. (laughs) But Harry Potter, not only does it have that undergrading theme of the chosen one to die and defeat evil, but it also has this constant battle between light and darkness. I think some of the themes about the magic particularly that hogsworth uses is more of a defense than an offense i think that's pretty interesting thinking about the armor of god there's only one offensive weapon in that Uh, one other thing that i like to think about is loyalty and family i think that is really undergirded and friendship is a really important part of that as well part of how Voldemort works is try to turn friends against one another so there's a lot of actually pretty good themes in harry potter uh there's there's sketchy stuff and you know the movies also have some not as great stuff in them
1: giant spiders that yes that's terrifying look at Uh,
0: (laughs) but i mean when we think about i think the whole corpus of harry potter definitely points towards a story that is definitely inspired by the story of jesus and the bible so uh if you if you want to spend some time going through all seven of those books, you know, have at it. Uh, some decent writing in there, so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll let Charlie handle. No, yeah, I've I've out. never
1: read Harry Potter. Um, no, I don't have any personal thing against it. I don't know. I just never read it when I was a kid for yeah. some reason. I remember trying to read *Sorcerer's Stone* when I was pretty young, like second grade. I had my friend was like, "You need to read this. It's the greatest book ever written." And I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. It just wasn't my thing. The, the whole like magic thing just wasn't my jam at the time. Mm. I lived in the real world. I played sports. <laughs> I was a man in second grade. Um,
0: uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna go watch. Al's was exposed. Doctor to Harry Potter, Doctor Strange next week. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, facts. Um, but no, they. Um, yeah, my my wife's a huge Harry Potter fan, so I'm sure we'll read them to our kids someday. So I'll at some point read the books. Oh, but, yeah, uh, another good one, obviously, that has, I'm trying to say, like, less deep or more deep, probably more religious undertones for sure. I ah, Yeah, for sure. has yeah, more religious undertones. Yeah. is Lord of the Rings, the classic, right? When you think about C.S. Lewis, probably your next author that would come to mind is J.R.R. Tol- Tolkien, mm-hmm. for good reason. They were very close friends. Um, they wrote, you know, a lot of their stuff, like at the same time, they wrote a lot of stuff together. J.R.R. was actually the first one to publish, uh, The Hobbit and their whole little group of friends that all wanted to become authors. J.R.R. was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they were all like, yeah, go for it. And then he published it and it was super successful, obviously turned into what we have today. Uh, and then it inspired C.S. to then, uh, publish Out of the Silent Planet, which was his first book. So. Kind of cool to see how that came from. Um, Cool friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, obviously Lord of the Rings, super heavy religious (laughs) undertones in it. Each book kind of, you know, follows like a different theme. Uh, Obviously, there's obviously one overarching storyline, but there's just so much. There's so much you could unpack. You could spend, you could do an entire podcast series on just Mm -hmm. breaking down Lord of the Rings and still not be able to touch it all um but from the hobbit all the way through yeah i mean you, you you it's hard to read those and not see the story of of god <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throughout probably. all those books mm-hmm. fantastic and so you 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 have not read lord of the rings i have, have.
0: not read lord of the rings
1: actually yeah, i've everyone seen the movie extended cut <laughs> you know i mean the movies the movies are solid yeah. I, you know movies are solid would would recommend them yeah. maybe not the hobbit so much they yeah the hobbits uh, I, I had not read i can't say that i'm like this huge. i have not read lord of the rings until about two years ago, I guess it was, um, when I finally was like, "I'm going to do this." And so, yeah, uh, and I remember the first thing I started with The Hobbit, obviously, and I was like, "Wow, this book is pretty different than the movie, especially <laughs> the ending." Gotcha. If you haven't read the book, the ending
0: very different. Yeah. Um, so I know Narnia. We have Aslan is Jesus, and then in Lord of the Rings, G is kind of. I don't know if it, if this is your perspective, but does he kind of split into a couple of different characters? Is he Samwise and he's also Gandalf and he's also Aragorn? Is that and that's kind of what makes it a little bit either confusing. Yeah, or... there's lots of sacrifice plays happening. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah throughout the Lord of the Rings, which makes it confusing. But that's kind of how that's kind of how Tolkien was, where it was he actually. You know, you were talking about funny enough when we were, when we were talking about C.S. Lewis and uh, his books having some pretty obvious you know Mm -hmm. what this meant, who this was. Like when you read Chronicles of Narnia, it's pretty obvious, you know, Aslan is Jesus. And one of Tolkien's critiques of CS was that his books were like too obvious, like it needed to have a little bit more depth to it. So that's like one of the really cool things about Lord of the Rings is that there is so much depth and complexity where like, it's, it's not quite as clear as what you would see in CS's books, like in the Chronicles of Narnia, Uh, It's more like the undertone, like it's a true undertone that's like really there where it's kind of deep and you kind of can, you can see it. And once you see it, you're like, Oh, I get it. But then you could see it in someone else's too. Like you said, like the different people that could be potentially representative of of the story of Jesus or whatever. Mm Yeah. 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 For sure.
0: So, yeah, I need to read Lord of the Rings. It's just been a, it's a, it's a intimidating book. Just look at the size of them. So pretty scary.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say like you have probably like Gandalf, Frodo, Aragon, probably the biggest, like yeah. Christ types, Samwise, I guess too, mm-hmm. sort of, but I that, that would say the big three are probably those three. It's probably the most obvious, but no, they're, they're a time investment gotcha. for sure. Yeah. And, but it's worth it. It's mm-hmm. It's a good series, but it may not be for you. Not everybody's into the whole like fantasy books, fan, fantasy fiction is not for everybody. I understand that. I didn't read a whole lot of fantasy fiction until I got into college. So sure. yeah. yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's pretty solid.
0: Yeah. Another book that made it on this list is another book that I haven't read until pretty recently. And now I, I see why people adore it. Uh, so it's John Bunyan's Pilgrim, Prog- Pilgrim's Progress. Mm-hmm. So I got a little modern updated translation type thing. because Old English isn't my, my vibe, <laughs> but one of the things that I thought was just super cool because C.S. Lewis actually mentions this in I think it's *Mere Christianity*, where he talks about how Paul or John Bunyan kind of revolutionized this idea. He's uneducated. He is this guy who does not he didn't have superior college intellect or anything like that, but he writes this book and it's not too too subtle about what it's talking about. But The Pilgrim's Progress really talks and I think speaks really well to the struggles that the Christian goes to, especially the beginning chapters where it's Mm. being called out of the world and the struggles that go along with that, having to leave family, having discouragement, all of that. Uh, So I really like that book. And if you haven't read The Pilgrim's Progress, go find a little Amazon copies, $12, 15 I, I think you would yeah, really enjoy it. It's, for sure. It's I never actually have read it. There you go. I'll add
1: that to the list. Yes. Yeah, I never read that one. It
0: is a good one. Uh, so it, it's not, again, it's not Lord of the Rings subtle. It, it, it has its pretty obvious pieces in there, um, but a really good book. Sure. So the da vinci code obviously. don't great. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a meme don't listen to it. <laughs> don't, don't watch the oh, movie either. oh we
1: had to mention it you had to mention it you can't talk about religious books and not talk about the da vinci
0: code okay yeah well the da vinci code's a, a sham all right so <laughs> new
1: podcast books we should not read as christian <laughs> that's facts we should do that the da vinci code books Tom we should Hanks burn. Is in the movie man yeah, well, that that's what good Tom Hanks, he's also, he plays Walt Disney in that one movie. That's true. It's wholesome. The Da Vinci Code. I'd bring the Da Vinci Code to burn the (laughs) Da Vinci Code. Office quotes. Too many office quotes from
0: Charlie. All right. So those are our books that we just want to talk about a little bit that have some religious undertones. But when we come back, I want to talk about some other religious books that perhaps you would be encouraged by ones that have helped me grow a lot as well and charlie's read a few of these as well so we hope that this will be encouraging you and we'll be talking about them when we come right back
1: We move into kind of this last section. What we want to go through is just some other really good uh, religious books that we like that we've read. Um, the first one is one that you and I, um, I think, have, have both read and really enjoyed. This was a book that you actually recommended to me, mm-hmm. and you have a pretty interesting story about how you first got into it. And that is
0: confronting Christianity. Yes, yeah, we gave it away for our we our did winter we, That's giveaway, right, we did so, do the giveaway. That's yeah, a good one. Uh, so I was. Just I had just moved to Alabama and I was going through Martin's Noble and I saw this book called Confronting Christianity, 12 Questions for the World's Biggest Religion. And I guess my brain just ignored the cross that was obvious on it and instead just went to the idea of, ooh, what are these questions? <laughs> uh, so I was basically picked up the book so that I could go and deconstruct these questions and be like, oh yeah, look at this. Uh, then I opened it up and was pleasantly surprised when it was written by a Christian author, Rebecca McLaughlin, and her takes and insights and so much of the like cultural commentary was excellent. And I hate, I hate to spoil it, but I feel like it's kind of necessary, but, uh, We got. I was going through it and I was so nervous because I knew there was a chapter on homosexuality coming up and I was like, I don't know what's Mm going to be said in this. Mm -hmm. I was super nervous about it. And I get there and she reveals about herself that she is attracted to women, but she is married to a man. She has kids, you know, all this stuff. And she believes that it's her, her responsibility to live this way. And just hearing... Her heart for people who go through this attraction. And, but the desire of God is greater than that. And mm-hmm. I also really like some of the thoughts she puts about how sometimes the idea that people put into Christian faith is that the ideal of Christian or the idea of Christian, I don't know, faith or whatever is to call you to heterosexuality instead of holiness. And like that, that kind of hits pretty hard too. Yeah. So, for sure. It, is, it, it hits on a lot of really hard questions yep. and I think touches on them with a lot of grace, a lot of thought. So Yeah, it's a cool book, like you
1: said, because uh, the way like each chapter is a different question that mm-hmm. she focuses on and it's questions like, there's like like you said, like the homosexuality, it's like, isn't Christianity like homophobic? Yeah. It's kind of the question and it's like, because a lot of people would look at Christians and be like, oh, they're homophobic or isn't Christianity misogynistic or isn't Christianity responsible for like, the fall of the world basically with all the wars and stuff that's gone on. So to see her go through and kind of, you know, basically take down all those arguments, deconstruct them, and and then explain why that's not the case is really, really interesting. For sure. Uh, I really liked the chapter on like wars and stuff like that Mm -hmm. specifically. I thought that was super interesting um, because it's something that I never even like really thought about. A lot of people blame Christianity for Mm -hmm. is basically like a lot of the wars and, and killings that have happened in the world but it is really cool to kind of go back and look at her history and stuff like that. She's obviously very well versed in history. Uh, does a very good job of researching all the topics before she presents them in the book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ten out of ten. And like you said, like her own story is really cool. It reminded me when we did the deconstruction last year, the video mm-hmm. of uh, of conservative versus non-conservative Christians yeah. or whatever. And we and there was the the one Christian who was conservative that you know was attracted to other men mm-hmm. but gave that up because you know his desire for christ was greater yeah, than that yeah. so very very
0: similar story i I love to hear that it's, it's fantastic and yeah, as charlie mentioned she asks questions at the beginning of every yep. chapter And my default is like when i'm hopping into this it's almost aggression yeah but as she talks through it it is so graceful it is you can tell that she loves the people that she's writing sure. to and she wants to point them to Jesus. And it's, it's truly admirable. Yep. So you got a shout out from her on Twitter. Did I did? I did throw back to when I had Twitter. Yes. <laughs> but Rebecca McLaughlin, awesome writer. Um, I'm currently going through another book. She wrote, uh, she kind of changed up a little bit and made it for teens. Oh, so I'm cool. going through that, that. Uh, here at our congregation with the teenager class here. So I, I'd also recommend that one. I think that one touches on some good stuff as well. So uh, the last couple of ones on this list are ones that Charlie is unfamiliar with. Uh, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. Uh, My responsibility as a preacher, I'm just supposed to know some of this stuff. (laughs) Your responsibility is to read the Bible. I do that, uh, but I I appreciate the help. So two books I wanted to also recommend to you that I believe are – incredible. The first one is called Canon Revisited by Michael Kruger. So if you are struggling with someone's asking you maybe, how did we get the Bible? Or how do you know these are the right books? Or you have some questions about the gospel of Thomas or the gospel of Peter, those kind of, they're, they're whack, but you know, (laughs) what makes them different from the other ones? And I hadn't even really thought about that. I just kind of got the Bible and I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Protestant canon. Don't know how we don't have the Apocrypha, but I didn't think about it. But Canon Revisited did something really good for me and helped me understand both a bit of the inspiration of God and his writing, but also the church's responsibility in copying these and spreading them. And the reason that we even have this is because the early church saw it important to collect them and copy them and send them. So Canon revisited is super good for those reasons, as well as it goes through these other books. It goes through the Gospel of Peter and the Gospel of Thompson. Says this is why we don't include it in the canon. It was written later. Yeah. Uh, it's it, does not it's fit the rest obviously of the non-fiction. gospels. Yeah. So and it it was just so helpful for me to read this and be like, oh, this wasn't just willy nilly. This there this was reasonable, intelligent people helped along by the Spirit of God, and that's why we have the canon that we have today. Uh, so I revisited. It's a little academic. It's definitely on the academic side. But if you're willing to wad- wade through that, it is a it is a well worth it read. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a good one. If you want something that's a little bit less academic that Michael Kruger did, Christian at the Crossroads is about second century Christianity. Also very good. Uh, and then the last book I read is is a very recent read that I got. It's called God of All Things by Andrew Wilson. And this book goes through a lot of biblical images and says, basically, here are these images that God uses so every time you look at them, you can think about his word. One of the ones that stuck out to me a lot was when he was talking about Psalm 19 and using honey. And honey is used throughout the Bible a lot more than I thought it was, oh yeah, mm-hmm. but honey you know he was talking about honey is enduring right so if you if you get some honey from they found some in like egyptian tombs you could you could eat honey from the Egyptian tombs because it doesn't require preservatives like we have, and it's sweet and it's it's natural and all these other things, so basically what the book invites you to do is every time you see honey as you think about. Oh, the word of God, the word of God is sweet. This word of God is enduring. And it goes through a lot of images, bread, donkeys, earthquakes, and it just goes <laughs> through some Bible stories and helps you kind of think about it. And the way he puts it together at the end, when he goes through pretty much almost all of his examples as he goes through a normal day. And it was like, whoa. So it's really helped me to just step, take a step back and like, actually observe the flowers and actually you know when i'm putting when i'm putting honey on on some toast or something like that I'm like this is this is god has given us these images and these things for us to meditate on and reflect on his word uh so scripture as we've mentioned is so critically important but if we don't also take the things that god has put in the world to help us reflect and think about him i think we're also doing a disservice uh to our service of him yep um so for sure. God of all things pretty cheap on both Kindle and Amazon. I bought two copies cause I wanted to read it with my fiance. It is an excellent book. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah.
1: That's really cool. No, I haven't, I've have not read either one of those. Yeah. Um, but no, those both sound really good. I don't know the list for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's pretty much, that's pretty much our list, right? There's obviously a lot more than this that we could have talked about and, mm-hmm. and we didn't, um, just a brief word to the wise, you know, obviously when you you go pick up a book off the shelf at a bookstore, you know something about Jesus, you know some some type of commentary, whatever, you know. Always go into any new book that you're not familiar with, you know, with whatever. I guess I'm trying, I'm trying to say, you know, you know, cautiously yeah. approach because you never know, right? Sometimes uh, people will have really really good takes and really good advice, and sometimes you might find yourself in an area where it's like, oh, I don't know if that's taught mm-hmm. in the Bible, so. You know, obviously be careful, be looking out for those kinds of things when you read them. Um, But, you know, that shouldn't make you shy away from reading those books either, because you might learn something new from them or at least learn how someone else thinks
0: or someone else reads or interprets something. So, yeah. And you can always look into it and be like, well, this, what this, what he said here is really good or he or she said it right. was really good. But what she said here, uh, not as much. That's okay. Yep. And uh there's plenty of authors I do that with. So For sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, all good books. Again, if there's any on this that you, you know, have read before and you love, let us know. Uh, If there's another one that we left out that you also love, let us know that too. Um, If you hate all the books that we put on here, I apologize. Your opinion is wrong. Uh, (laughs) But no, it's uh, um, no, this, this has been a really, really good time. Uh, I've enjoyed
0: it. Hopefully you guys have too. Yeah, for sure. So. The Bible, of course, we really want to emphasize this on this podcast always. Return to Scripture. That is a wonderful text. It's beautiful. It has everything you need in it. But God has also given us other people who write really well and help us to see things in Mm -hmm. new ways. Uh, As as Charles mentioned, especially with C.S. Lewis, he helped both of us kind of open our eyes to uh, temptation and heaven and hell, the afterlife, all that type of stuff. So... As you go through your world and your reading, I hope you actively read, listen to audiobooks, that type of stuff. See what other information there is that you can take in, and hopefully it encourages your growth and your walk in Christ. Thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of The Pilgrim Song. We're so blessed by you, and we hope that this blesses you. We hope you have a good week. See you in the next one.